Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. Hey, hey, just wanted to pop on in here to let you know that this episode was recorded way before COVID-19 happened. I postponed releasing this episode due to the fact that we had no idea what was going on and things changed drastically and quickly. I decided to release this episode this week so that you can be inspired on the topic we have here today. But I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there that if anything mentioned doesn't make sense or is just not what you expect at this time, it is because this episode was recorded like back in February or January or something like that. So this episode was held off for a while, but I didn't want to hold out any longer. So here you go with the jolt of inspiration that you need this week. You are listening to SLP Coffee Talk. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, and I am a licensed speech-language pathologist who is in the trenches working full-time in a public school in New York. I am the author of the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, Speech Time Fun, where I love helping other SLPs conquer the overwhelm and get back hours spent on prepping activities. I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be and have fun while doing it. Just like your morning cup of coffee, this podcast is just what you need to start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. Welcome to another week of SLP Coffee Talk. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a great Monday morning and you're ready to get your week going. I am so excited because I have another special guest for you. I have Felice Clark from The Dabbling Speechy. If you don't know Felice, Felice is an ASHA certified speech language pathologist and therapy resource creator. She currently works part-time in a school setting working with elementary age students. Felice is passionate about helping school-based SLPs feel confident managing their caseloads by providing practical ideas and resources to help them plan engaging therapy lessons. If you don't know Felice Clark by now, you have to follow her Instagram account. She has the best GIFs memes. Like she, her humor about therapy is just will totally 
keep you motivated like when you are down in the dumps and need like a really good laugh about just the SLP life. And Felice is also one of my co-hosts of The Speech Retreat. So I'm so excited to have her on the podcast. Hi, Felice. Hey, Hallie. It's good to see you again virtually. <laughs> I know. <laughs> talk I know. with you. I know. We always love talking SLP talk together because we have the similar SLP style. We, we both are the co-hosts of, I don't know, is it a host, co, whatever. Presenters. Or, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Dabbling, the dabbling, the ba- dabbling Speech Fun Facebook group, which is a Facebook group filled of just fun and inspiration and laughs where we just chat and have humor and it's light and it's no drama and is a great place. If you're not part of that Facebook group, make sure it's going to be, I'll put a link in the show notes so that you can get into that group because it's a great place to just feel like you're like at home with your peeps. If you're liking yes. this podcast, that's a place for you to just get inspiration, ask your questions where like there's no judgment. So I'm so excited to have Felice on because Felice is who I go to when I need to ask questions about push-in therapy. Push-in therapy is not my jam. I don't know about you guys, but when it comes to push-in therapy, I feel like a TA. Um, It's something that doesn't really jive in my building. And I want Felice to share maybe what happened with her in her (laughs) SLP career that maybe inspired her to push through those barriers. Share, Share with us like what has happened to you. Well, so I've been a school-based SLP for about 13 years now, and I would say about my fourth or fifth year in, I took the jump to do push-in services. And I think what helped me get there was I worked with a speech pathologist who did a self-contained classroom, and she was also a speech pathologist, and she was a great teacher. I loved watching her. I loved being around her. And so I thought this would be, this is my chance to get into like trying out push in in a safe place where I could really see what would happen. And so we discussed doing social pragmatic push in lessons each week because I had kids in her class that needed to work on push in. I knew that if I went in there, she would be like listening to the vocabulary. You know, it was just a perfect fit. And so that was my start. And I got a lot of confidence just working alongside of her. And I got hooked on it from there. And, you know, over the rest of the years that I've worked, it's not been sunshine and roses. I've worked with staff who really doesn't want to hear any ideas that I have. It's like their way or the highway. I've worked with teachers who haven't been very skilled. That's the read between the lines Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I've worked with, you know, really awesome teachers that really get it and we collaborate awesome. And then I've worked with teachers over the last couple of years where it's just, they have so much stuff on their plate. You know, mm-hmm. there's too big of classrooms. They don't have enough aids. They have a lot of behaviors. Some of the kids aren't potty trained. You know, so I, there's a lot of roadblocks, and it's very unique to everybody. I think wherever you're at, like mm-hmm. you probably have your own set of struggles. And so I think that is one of the biggest issues with pushing is like trying to find other people who are facing the same things as you, or there's not a manual to do it, and there's not a ton of research that says which one's better or worse, and you know, and I think there's this push for us to be doing it. So when you're not doing it, you feel like you're maybe not a good enough SLP kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, because there's definitely research that justifies the need for it. And I think we really need to go, it's case by case. It's what classroom setting is that student in? Are they a resource room kid? Are they in a collaborative classroom? Are they in a self-contained? I know you you call it what, special day? We call it special day classrooms, but I've been trying to say self-contained. Contained, yeah. They go together. Exactly. And I think like more often like those self-contained classrooms, we tend to have a majority of those students on our caseload. Yet at the same time, like there's only so 
many hours of the day. We have so many other classrooms we're working with, other students we're working with. There's no collaborative planning time. And I think that's what gets a lot of SLPs like myself hesitant to do it. I, and then when I have pushed in, either the, te- the teachers were like, oh, I guess it's break time for me. I'm going to the bathroom. I'm going to go make these photocopies. Or they're sitting on the desk, like drinking their coffee. And I'm like, well, this time... Thanks for like giving me your class. Or I've gotten the, here's the worksheet we're doing. Can you go in the back of the room and do it? I'm like, well, if that's the case, I might as well just pull this kid in my room. If you're going to like isolate me and that kid in the back. So it's one of the two, either like, I, thanks for giving me your whole class and you go get a break. Or I am, you know, being isolated in the back anyway. And that's where I tend to be like, okay, if it's not necessary for the students, often with my life skills students, I still push in because I think if the teacher's going to take the break time, at least the TAs will benefit from (laughs) from it. And yes, we don't have the common planning time. And I just have to like suck it up buttercup and say, okay, I'll just do it myself. And it's just the benefit of the students. But when it comes to those other settings, students, I sometimes feel like pulling them out and having that bombardment of that strategy and skill until they've mastered it. I don't know. But anyway, enough on my soapbox of why I don't like to do it. Share for everyone (laughs) what you've learned over the years on what are some best strategies for getting administration and teachers on board. Okay. So first off, I want to say that I think over the years we have this idea in our head that we're supposed to go into the classroom, teach in front of everybody, or we're supposed to teach together with the teacher and then we're supposed to leave. And as I've discovered from learning through different articles and such, collaborative services, you know, we call it push in quotations, but it's really just an umbrella of ways to collaboratively serve a student and their needs. And so if we can get outside of that idea that we have to go into the classroom or otherwise we're not doing push in services, then we might be able to actually think a little bit more creatively for the student and make it unique. And it lines up with evidence for having it an IEP, it's individual education plan. So, you know, looking at different ways we can work with, you know, a teacher or admin, I know you said you about admin support. I typically have pretty good solid admin support in terms of, oh yeah, I want to go into the classroom. They're like, okay, great. Go have fun. You know, usually they don't really have any solutions (laughs) or, or like helpful tips on how to get that going. If anything, I've gone to admin to get support on how to like work with a teacher per se or get their advice on that. Or I've gone to admin and say, hey, look, this is, yeah, I don't always get the funding for that, but I will say, hey, I really want to go push into the classroom more. I want to do science experiments with the teacher. Could we get funding? And that usually it's hard to get buy-in with that as well. So I don't really get, this is probably like a common problem. I don't get a lot of support from admin. Really? You know, I mean, welcome to the club. They're like, great. Oh, you know, I remember a couple of years, a friend of mine and I, we were colleagues co-teaching. We just came up with a model, the model that I use now for all my push-in lessons that I have. We came up with it together. We did it. And then all of a sudden our special ed program specialists were like, oh, this is great. And they're like telling everyone to start doing push-in the way we're doing it. So, I mean, my experience has been, hey, just pave the way, make it, get it done. You know, they don't have any uh, tra- training or... Um, they have no comparison. They don't know if it's good or bad, right? No. <laughs> Everyone work no. together, have fun. But that's great advice, though, that it doesn't always have to be pushing, doesn't have to be you in this classroom necessarily. It can just be you working collaboratively more with the teacher. 
Yes. How can you spend more time communicating, sharing tips and strategies that are working? What are they doing? Where's the student struggling and how can we address it? You know, it doesn't have to necessarily be you in the classroom teaching, facilitating, assisting, what yes. have you. There's so many different models and ways to go about this. Yes. And so if going in some, some SLPs, if you go in the classroom, you're going to draw attention to that child mm -hmm. and it's not a good fit to be co-teaching. So then maybe it's a coaching model or maybe it's just like, you know, going to your admin for buy-in actually on like, Hey, can I have a training day? Can I take up half your PD and talk about tier two vocabulary with your staff and strategies? And then maybe going into the classroom and watching the teacher and then giving some strategies strategies or like, hey, I really love that lesson. Here's a couple of resources that I use to teach tier two vocabulary and just coaching them as a coaching model instead of just sitting in your room. Okay. So what's the, your best tips for managing like materials or plans or do you tend to do themes? Do you tend to do books? Like when you are doing push-ins, when you are doing actual lessons in the classroom, what's your best strategies for managing it all? Do you use what's the teacher's using? Do you bring something? What's your best strategies? Okay. So my most experience is with my self-contained K1, K2 class. So these kids are, most of them are functioning around a preschool level. So themes really go well with them. And sometimes the theme doesn't even have to be like, I'm doing winter or I'm doing fire safety. It could be like, I'm doing, we're going on a bear hunt and everything is tailored around the vocabulary and the concepts from that book. But my school district pays for the unique curriculum. So that's been really helpful, at least to like get a framework for what we're going to do. And so like this month is me on the map. So it has books already. It has all these lesson plans in there. It has core boards. It has, I would say the books that they, the stories they write, they're not like the most engaging thing in the world, but they have core boards. They have map vocabulary. They have, they had a science experiment. They have art crafts, arts and crafts. So that has helped me get a framework for like, this is the book that we're mm -hmm. going to do. And then. And does know, the teacher let you know what they're up to? Do you have access to a login? That's, that's yeah. key as well. Like I know my district, like I don't have access to it, but they do. We we share <laughs> the account, mm -hmm. and then so that and if people aren't aware, unique is the same owners, isn't it? News to you, yes, NT, yes, yeah. whatever. And it's the same it's company. The One's like the newsletter, newspaper thing, and one is more of like a curriculum. So. It's a curriculum that you can even use on your smart board. So when you reread the book, it's all on the smart board. And then and my I, students use it on their Chromebooks. That's what we, we yeah. Use. So it's really, I mean, it's really nice if you need something all month long to fill in the gaps for all those, like for writing. Some of the themes, like you don't get, like I do have access now to March. March looks pretty promising. It's light and sound. So. <laughs> promising. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the January month. Loud and quiet, you know, right? It was President's. Well, we got kids. We're not going to talk about kill with our kids. There's some things that it's functional. It's not as functional. It's a little high. Yeah. You know, it's a little hard to explain. So but otherwise, you guys. <laughs> yeah, I will get a framework that I will work for my push-in. So I know every time we're going to do a whole class, I'm going to read a story. Then we're going to do maybe like a concept of the week. Then we do a Google slide presentation on the theme or book. 
then we break up into stations. So I've created that framework for this class and with the teacher, and then it just stays the same and we just rotate whatever it is that's going to happen. And you do the same framework. It's multiple sessions. You're not doing this in one session. That's yes. the key, guys, that don't think that you have to do all this, like plan a whole unique theme and lesson each and every time. Take that one theme and let it stretch that, stretch that bad boy out for a month. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We took a break. <laughs> We took a break last week for Valentine's Day. So she had her stuff and then I brought in a sensory bin. But then like I prepped all this stuff from Unique, which saved me a ton of time because it had two core boards and I printed up, what was it? Oh, it was like a memory matchup of like all their icons for things on a map. And then the aide told me the kids couldn't even do the memory game. And it had a core board that went with it. So we were like, I was thinking like, this is perfect. It's totally at their level. So this week I used it again at my station. I gave her a cut and glue activity for transportation sorting, like where these things would be on the map. And we kept the transportation vehicle play, pretend play station the same. So they had the same station, but we had a week break. So it still felt cool and engaging. And then I just, adapted my part to have them match. Everyone took turns and matched a card instead of playing memory because they couldn't handle that. Don't be afraid to pivot, guys. She didn't have to take a whole new activity. She took the same materials that she had with her that she brought from her therapy room into the classroom and just said, okay, I'm scratching that idea and going with it. What can I do to make this work? Like like what does Tim Gunn say? Make it work? From, yeah, uh, <laughs> make it work. That, that's make the motto work. of pushing. <laughs> make it work. And if it doesn't, it's like... It's a motto for pushing, for mixed therapy, <laughs> for just speech in general. Hashtag make it, it work, guys. Yeah. No, but go that's great. It. Really great advice. So guys, if you're just tuning in now, I don't know how that would work on a podcast, but <laughs> the best advice is <laughs> it's not always going to be roses and perfect. You are going to have glitches and, and teachers that are not going to get, the, you know, be totally into it, but try to convince them and find that one teacher that really does get that buy-in and get see the benefit and have that other teacher like convince her friends. Okay. And then don't be afraid to use that one lesson over multiple lessons and pivot and and scratch an idea and just use that material in a different way. And don't keep planning a million of things. We don't want to be burnt out. We don't, we want to still love this bush and thing. Cause I, I know I'm going to be trying these things out more as the year goes on and next year. Does your school have unique, your self-contained? My self-contained does. They she hasn't been using it this year, but you could still do your pullout, but then you could go and do a supplementary. There was like a mountain craft that I was looking at today. You know, you could just go in and do that supplementary mountain craft. Mm-hmm with the class. And then it's your little extra bonus. Get your feet wet, try it out, let them see what you could do for them because that's an easy way to do it. So if you don't have unique... You can even do community themes. Like, okay, this month we're going to do go into a post office this, or, you know, in September or August, whenever you guys go back this month, we're going to do around the school. Then we're going to do going to the library and then, you know, pick different places yes. around the community, make month long activities and touch upon all the different vocabulary and concepts and social skills. Yeah. Like there's so many different things that you can do, or you can go with the themes of the seasons and the holidays. There's ways of going about it without having to reinvent the wheel. And that's what I did at our middle school too. We did agriculture for a whole month. We did job interviewing for a whole month. And sometimes the kids need to really see the information more than one time. So maybe I'm keeping a core piece of it the same, but I'm introducing something new or maybe a game that goes with the material I've already introduced so that they make it feels fun, but it really isn't that much time out of my planning. 
our students benefit from that routine and repetition. So that's awesome. Yeah. So now, mm -hmm. what advice would you give for like, or tips and strategies for behavior management of like pushing in into a group if you're running like, I know it's not the easiest of things. And that's something that we all struggle with, whether it's that one student that feels isolated because, you know, they know you're in there for them or those students, you know, managing when you're having students in maybe you're in your groups that you might not normally work with and might not know them as well. What, what tips and strategies do you have? I think the other roadblock with push-in is that you do have to invest some time up front with the teachers, with getting to know the classroom. Like when I came back from my maternity leave, I just kind of stayed in there almost, not all day, but for a really long time just to see how the teacher ran her class and to see what the students were like and to see how the aides were working with the students. And so it is annoying to have to invest all that extra time because it's like, where do we have that time? But when I did do that, it helped me get my feet wet. And then help me know which kids were getting set off. And then I would collaborate with the teacher too and find out what are their behavior systems. How, like, I watched how she, every time the teacher goes to the carpet, she goes, bum, 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 bum. And then they say, time to check schedule. <laughs> And so I'm like, yeah, the things we say. That's in the, the things we're not trained in in grad school, right? <laughs> that was not a, that was not a test on the praxis exam. So, and then I watched <laughs> to see what was missing from the environment, and not so much like you know what's missing, like the teachers not providing, but it's like what else could we add to this lesson to help the kids access it better? So my kids, like my other classroom, I teach the kids can barely even sit in their chairs. They're like, you know, got a sense overload, you know, I mean, when I go in there to read a book, it's like, look at the flower. Let's turn the page. You know, it's like, just get just through look, the book, just attend, just like, get in the book, get through the book. Yeah. And so I've had to adapt that. Like I've wa I watched what's going on in the classroom. My kids cannot sit and listen to a five minute book. So I've had to realize that. And that's how I'm like, I got to keep them engaged enough. So it's got to be quick, 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 where in a classroom, you know, maybe you're pushing into the science class, maybe you're spending some time getting to know those students and getting explained, getting seeing the routine of that classroom, what seeing the routine what yeah. do now, is there, is there a homework bin they have to put that like, what is the routine? I mean, those are things that the teachers are setting the stage for in the beginning of the school year. And that's something we can easily observe in the beginning of the school year when we're busy working on our schedules or what have you, or even throughout the year going in and popping in and just. And I rely on the teachers a lot to kind of give me, give me the down and dirty of what's going on in your class. And then, yeah. So like when you go into the classroom, when we're sitting at the carpet time, I see a lot of friends getting up because they don't want to be there or whatever, whatever, you know? And so I made four icons. Like the end goal is to sit, stand and be quiet, talk. So I'm constantly putting like, modeling and touching those. And then hopefully I've been slowly asking like aides, like, can you just cue them while we're teaching? And that has taken time. I did not do that day one, like, hey guys, I need to, you know, I don't want to overwhelm the staff and be like, hey, can you do this? And can you do that? You know, I'm, and I'm easing into what is needed in the group too. And I don't want to be bossy because I'm coming into a place where they've already got things set up. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you're tiptoeing into the environment so that you're welcome to, to come back again. <laughs> that's that's the key, right? We don't want to overstay our welcome. You know, it's like a right. dinner party. You don't want to be that guest that, you know, was a little yeah. bossy and complained about, you know, the food on the first mm -hmm. five seconds. Right. Wait, wait at least, you know, the second time you get invited, right? Exactly. 
And that's my, well, you know, that just, uh, that made me think of something. That's how you get buy-in from admin. You do, you want to be really strategic about what you go to them about and what you complain to them about. Because if you go to them all the time complaining about blah, 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 they're going to start to go, oh, here comes Felice again. <laughs> oh, that annoying SLP that is in a therapy closet. What, you know, why yeah. won't she just stay there? Is she? she keeps <laughs> talking about all these things these kids need. Meanwhile, I'm busy worrying about like the state test exams. Right. Blah. So, so you got Budget. No, strategic. No, I no, I totally hear you. So, guys, if you haven't realized, it's all about being strategic, being smart, being a team player, and it's not just the teacher; it's the TAs, it's the admin, it's the OTs, it's the PTs, it's the you know custodial staff and everything. It's getting everyone on board so that you can feel part of the team and be, and be a fly on the wall at first and observe the classroom setting first and how that student or students are performing in the classroom and the and join the flow. <laughs> okay. Join the flow. Now, please, will you share with us maybe, you know, before we wrap this up, maybe a flop, a push and flop so we all don't <laughs> feel like it's not just us. Oh, it is not just you. So just recently I got evaluated because I'm a little bit newer in my district that I'm at. And I kid you not, the week before, I just had gotten the teacher on board to do the, a new style where we teach together and then we break up into stations and things had been going pretty well. I mean, it never went perfectly where every kid was like, sure, I'll go to table blue. You know, it wasn't always perfect, but for the most part, the kids were engaged. They sat, they did the activity. And then the, the week my administrator came in and she's a speech pathologist too. So there's a little added pressure like she's gonna see she knows what to look for <laughs> we had collaborated we had everything planned out and I kid you not one kid was decided to escalate his behavior and of course we only could plan ignore because he was attention seeking so he's running around the class screaming another kid is you know refusing to go and so one of the aides you know was supposed to be running the lesson is having to deal with that kid before going to the station another kid told me no thank you I don't want to work with you um, and then threw a chair you know so <laughs> and I'm tell I'm telling my boss like it went really well last week and the teacher's like it did it did you know and <laughs> but I that SLP knows that this is real life right yeah she's but he brought up the point anyway yeah so it's it how you work. handle those situations not that it happened it's how you handle it and she, I got good remarks um she loved all the visuals she she's like this is why these kids are in this classroom because they can't handle transitions and so it was nice to get that feedback that I am doing a good job that our team is doing a good job at the same time it can be frustrating and it isn't it is annoying you know when you have these best laid plans and they are messing with them. And to be honest, though, when I'm in my small little closet, there's kids <laughs> that sabotage my lessons all the time. So for me personally, especially with this population that can be a little bit overwhelming at times, it's like, I'd much rather be with my team, knowing I'm not doing this alone and knowing that like when they say like, oh, I'm really struggling with this, I can go, oh, I'll make a social story for you. Or maybe, you know, just recently another teacher was like, you know what? We told the parent we're going to make these visuals for them. And she goes, oh, I already have these visuals that I had purchased. So she printed them up for me and then I prepped them for her. Awesome. And it worked out. You know what I mean? Thank you so much for coming on and talking all about push-in therapy. Please tell everyone <laughs> where they can learn more about you and where you think can learn more about push-in therapy. 
you can go to my website, thedabblingspeechy.com. And if you search like push-in lessons or how to set up your push-in or collaborative services, if you want, I have some blog posts on that. And then I also have a CEU course on how to feel confident doing push-in services over at abaspeech.org. And you can head over there, you get some CEUs, it's practical information, there's a private Facebook group to support you and your learning. And yeah, you can always find me on Instagram too. And I usually like today I did, I shared what I'm doing in my push-in lesson so you can get inspiration too if you're in a rut. No, that's awesome. Sorry guys, my voice is going. So I'm going to end this with a joke and I'm going to make it an academic one because it seems totally relevant. Why was the math book sad? Because it had too many problems. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you, Felice, so much for coming on the show. Until next week, guys, stay out of trouble. Are you tired of spending hours prepping and planning and not feeling totally confident after all of that? Make sure you check out my free webinar, How to Plan with Ease and Confidence Without Burning Yourself Out. Check it out today at speechtimefund.com slash webinar. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at www.speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. While you are there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun, and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.